I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 17 Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come. Let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O Lord. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down. Now they surround me. They set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, O Lord. Confront them. Overthrow them. By your sword deliver my life from the wicked, from mortals. By your hand, O Lord, from mortals whose portion in life is in this world. May their bellies be filled with what you have stored up for them. May their children have more than enough. May they leave something over over to their little ones. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied beholding your likeness. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 27 through chapter 12, verse 15. When the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. He brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. He used to eat of his meager fare, and drink from his cup, and lie in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was loath to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared for that for the guest who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added as much more. 
Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, for you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, I will raise up trouble against you from within your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes, and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of his very, of this very son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, Now the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have uttered, utterly scorned the Lord, the child that is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became very ill. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I've set before you an open door, which one no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but are lying. I'll make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. If you conquer, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You will never go out of it. I'll write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from my God out of heaven, and, and my own new name. Let anyone who has an ear to listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Good morning and welcome to the 14th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come from Psalm 17, 2 Samuel 11 and 12, and finally Revelation 3. And I had to double check because we're basically continuing on from yesterday's readings, which is usually a different um, like set of readings for the uh, Revised Common Lectionary. Uh, but sure enough, we are just kind of uh, reading more uh, about the story of David and Bathsheba and the repercussions of what David's done. And here uh, we see that Nathan, the prophet, is called to David's side and he tells this, this proverb about a man whose sheep is taken from a rich man. And it's a, a front for telling David how wrong it was that he did what he did. Um, and immediately, as um, after Nathan says, "You're this rich man," David realizes that, and he and he admits. He said, "I sinned against the Lord," and the text downplays it. I mean, I I suspect that David did more than just say, "Oh, I sinned against the Lord," and then um, God says, "Well, all right, don't worry about it. 
you won't die, but um, I will, I will strike down this child that you conceived with uh, Bathsheba. Um, and I think it was, it was either with Laura or, or on the podcast. I, I talked about why I think David is is one of these you know central features in the Bible. Um, I don't think God has a huge regard for him just because he's king, but because he has a lot of power and he never um, fully um, kind of falls into the pattern of just being a douchebag. Um, like Saul, for example, um, he knows when he screws up, but he keeps screwing up or he like tries to make excuses or he just doesn't admit it. Um, he refuses to be honest with himself and before God um, and repent, or at least even just confess what he's done. David is very different. Um, he's a man after God's heart because he really desires something more than to just be right or uh, to feel good about himself. He really does want to be in relationship with God, and that means being confronted with challenging realities like having the voice of God come and say, look, you've done this horrible thing. And David saying, you're right, I have. Um, and I really hope there was more to it than just David saying, I have sinned before the Lord. Uh, I suspect he did, you know, you know, rip his shirt or you know, throw ashes on his head or something. I'm hoping, but maybe not. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he is just kind of arrogantly um, saying what he did and expecting God to forgive him. I don't know. Um, but um, the it's unclear whether God has decided not to plague the, the land with uh, war be, uh, based on what um, God says before um, uh, David confesses what he did. Um, it's, it's not clear if, if that stays um, or whether um, God has said, okay, well, I won't, you know, um, plague the land with war um, because you've confessed. But what does happen is that God strikes down this unborn child, I think. Well, no, maybe it has been born, but it doesn't survive. I used to think that Solomon was the child of Bathsheba and David, and that's, that's not the case. Um, or not this child. Um, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what the, the lectionary editors are, are conveying because we're on a Tuesday. So I don't know what the reading from Revelation, um, has that connects necessarily with this, um, running story of David and Bathsheba, um, but uh, it's reflecting back on last Sunday, currently, um, until until Thursday. Thursday will begin anticipating next Sunday. Um, but the reading from Revelation is one of... Yesterday we had another one, today's a second uh, kind of snippet from Revelation where the author um, is addressing these churches. Um, yesterday was... I can't remember Smyrna. I can't remember. And this morning is Philadelphia, um, and Philadelphia has um, the, the the author doesn't have all that much to say about what Philadelphia has done wrong, which is a sharp contrast from the reading about David. Um, it's a promise, uh, you know, if you conquer, 
I'll make you a pillar in the temple of my God. Um, this kind of resounding affirmation of the church in Philadelphia. Um, and I don't, I'd like to think that that is um, reminiscent of David's willingness to confess and repent, which I think is something that we are all called to, um, that we all uh, struggle to um, to abide by, to, to admit when we've done wrong and to change what we've done. Um, that's why it's, it's, uh, it's disappointing that all we get to see of David is uh, of David repenting and just saying, oh, I've sinned. Um, I'd like to think there's a lot more that went on. Um, but maybe the text takes for granted that David does this a lot. He's kind of um, back and forth with uh, doing wrong and then confessing and, and doing right. Um, David makes it look so easy. <laughs> And I suspect, and I don't think it is that easy. I think it really is challenging um, to be confronted with what we've done and to um, to accept and affirm the, the things that we've done, but also to, to um, and we don't see this in, in this passage, but I think it's important in a military context, um, to not try and take responsibility for something that we haven't done. And what I mean by that is... Um, you know, like survivor's guilt. Um, if there's something that you feel you've done, but you haven't, it takes a certain kind of strength to um, uh, admit that it's not something that you've done, um, to only take responsibility for the sins that you have committed and the things that you have done by omission. Um, and I don't think that includes, you know, just being nearby and witnessing uh, you know, a friend's death or, or a unit member's death. Um, they're tragic, make no mistake. Um, but uh, if we believe that there are things that we can do wrong and we are uh, able to admit when we do those things, I think we should also be prepared to um, identify those things that we haven't done wrong and that we have not failed to do or omitted doing Um and uh, to not, or to, to try to keep ourselves from feeling guilt that we do not deserve. Um, I think that's a particular challenge um, for members of the military. Um, and I'm, uh, I think David gives us this really helpful uh, image of what it looks like to admit when we've done wrong. Um, and I think there are others, maybe Job, uh, that I, I really think can help us um, push back and and not admit guilt that doesn't belong to us as well. Proper 17 from the Book of Common Prayer. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>